If you had less than 24 hours to live, what would you say to the people you love? How would you say farewell? On the night before his crucifixion, Jesus shared authentic moments and warm conversation with his closest friends and followers. In an upper room, Jesus expressed the following heartfelt words to his disciples. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. What did Jesus reveal about heaven? Well, heaven is a real place and a different place than earth. Heaven is also like a wedding celebration. Heaven is the Father's big house. Also, the way to heaven is through faith in Jesus Christ alone. I'm Ron Jones, and this is Something Good. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Hello, I'm Brian Davis, and this is Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones. When Jesus spoke those words recorded in John chapter 14, he was setting himself apart from every other religious belief and every other so-called God on earth. Coming your way next, Ron continues his teaching series, Heaven the Father's house and my eternal home. Along the way, he reminds us that there's only one way to get there. By the way, you'll find us online at somethinggoodradio.org where you can listen on demand on your schedule. Download or subscribe to the podcast at Spotify, at Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now here's Ron with part two of his Something Good Radio message, The Father's Big House. He had in mind a Galilean wedding when he mentioned this. Now, weddings back then were different than weddings you know, that we have here in the West and in the 21st century. Uh, just a few months ago when we were in the Holy Land and we were traveling through uh, Jordan, we were in the countryside and we noticed some housing-like structures that had the beginnings of what looked like a second floor being built, but they were incomplete. And there were several of them like this. And we turned to our guide and said, what's this all about? And he says, well, it's, it's still very cultural for, in this part of the world for people to live generationally. This is a family that had sons, at least one, and, and they've, they're planning for this son to get married. And when he comes back, he will finish out the second floor and, and live with mom and dad. Well, this dates all the way back you know, to the first century. Uh, the other thing about a Galilean wedding is when the, when the groom went back to his father's house, nobody knew the day or the hour of the wedding. The groom didn't know, the bride didn't know, the wedding party didn't know. The only person who knows is the groom's father. The groom was back at his father's house building out these extra rooms because that's where they were going to live, knowing that one day his father would turn to him and say, son, go get your bride. Okay, are you with me so far? Let's go back to John chapter 14. Jesus says, if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and I'll receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. Jesus is our heavenly groom. The church is the bride of Christ. If nothing else, all of this wedding imagery reminds us of how much God loves us. 
And, and how Jesus, our heavenly groom, who earth, from an earthly perspective grew up in a carpenter's house, right? He's been back at his father's house. He promised to come again, import everything you know about the second coming of Jesus Christ. He says, if I go, I will come again. What a promise that is, a promise of the second coming of Jesus Christ. He will not leave his bride standing at the altar. He's going to come get his bride. He's just waiting for the father to say, son, go get your bride. Go get the church. You don't know the day. You don't know the hour. Jesus told a parable in um, Matthew chapter 25, the parable of the ten virgins. It was a wedding parable. And it had all this Galilean wedding in mind here. And the idea was that the bride needed to be prepared and the bridal party needed to be prepared. They needed to trim their lamps and fill their lamps with oil because when the groom came back at the father's instruction, it might be the midnight hour. And if you're sleeping or if you haven't you know, prepared your lamps, he will come, he will get his bride and those in the bridal party that are ready and then they'll go into the house, into the wedding chamber and shut the door and in that culture, when that happened, nobody got into the wedding party, which lasted for days after the door was shut. Powerful imagery here. Powerful imagery that you have to understand culturally to understand what Jesus is saying to his uh, disciples on the night before he was crucified. Make no mistake about it. Right now, he's back at his father. He's had 2,000 years to prepare a place for us. <laughs> You know, you might have a project around the house that takes you a couple of weeks or maybe six months. We're getting ready for a renovation project here on our campus that the contractor says will take 12 to 18 months. And boy, when it's done, you know, it's going to be wonderful. It's going to be beautiful and fresh and new and efficient. Jesus has been preparing a room for you and a room for me, child of God, for 2,000 years. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard. Neither has it even entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love us or for those who love him. But heaven is like a wedding celebration. We're going to party like it's 19, well, not exactly, but <laughs> it's a wedding celebration. It's a party. Question is, do you have your wedding invitation? And you get your wedding invitation by placing your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And as soon as you do, the sun starts building on extra rooms for you because you're going to come live in the Father's house. What, what, a, what a great, great picture this is. By the way, Revelation chapter 19 also speaks of the wedding supper of the Lamb, which I understand the church will be enjoying at least during the seven-year tribulation period when the church on the front end is raptured out of this earth, remember Jesus comes in the first half of his second coming for his bride, takes us back to the Father's house. At the end of the seven-year tribulation, he comes with his bride and with the angels and armies of heaven to fight the battle of Armageddon. Again, beautiful imagery here. While the tribulation is happening on earth, the wedding supper of the Lamb is taking place. Uh, beautiful imagery there. 
By the way, this is why you don't mess with marriage, culturally or any other way. Marriage was God's idea, and it's a gospel idea. And heaven and all of the you know, discussion of, of, of heaven is wrapped up in the wedding imagery. Don't mess with, don't mess with, uh, with marriage and with the wedding. Lastly, uh, heaven is a, a real place. Heaven is a different place than earth. Heaven is uh, the Father's big, big house that has room for you and room for me. And uh, heaven is like a wedding celebration. Finally, the way to heaven, the way to heaven is through Jesus. I mean, all this talk about heaven, I hope it makes your, your heart homesick for heaven. And you, you come around to asking the question, well, how do we get there? Well, let's go back to John chapter 14. What did Jesus say? Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. Do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? Believe is the key word in John's gospel. He wrote the gospel according to John so that we might believe Jesus is exactly who he claimed to be. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you that I, that I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. That's when one of the disciples named Thomas spoke up and said, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Great question, Thomas. You've been paying attention. And here's what Jesus said. John chapter 14 and verse 6. I am the way and the truth and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. That's pretty straightforward, isn't it? We include uh, that declarative statement among seven such I am statements that Jesus made in the Gospel of John. John records uniquely all seven of them. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He said, I am the light of the world. I am the door of the sheep. I am the good shepherd. He said, I am the resurrection and the life just before he raised Lazarus from the dead. A little bit later in the upper room discourse in chapter 15, he said, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. And here he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. By invoking the name I am, he was invoking the name of God. Yahweh in the Old Testament, I am who I am. I am the self-existent one. And every time Jesus made one of these I am statements, he claimed to be God. He was, he was putting his credentials before his audience here. It's, it's, it's a pretty bold thing to say, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. It's, it kind of rubs our culture a little bit wrong when we Christians you know, say Jesus is the only way to heaven. But we're not saying that because we're mean-spirited or hateful or because we don't respect other religions, we say it because Jesus said it. And, and either he is a, a crazy man, or he's a con man, or he, he is exactly the Christ he claimed to be. You got, you got to figure that out maybe for yourself. But he made this claim, and the early church took this claim and ran with it after the day of Pentecost, when the church was you know, born, 
There in Acts chapter 2, by Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, referring to Jesus, the apostles said, and there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. That's pretty straightforward, isn't it? You say, well, it's just, you know, we've got to update things. You know, and kind of get with the times. All religious roads lead to God. No, they don't. There's nothing hateful about that. The, the most loving thing we can do, the most loving thing I can do as a pastor is tell you the truth. And Jesus alone has the credentials to make the claim and to do what the Father sent him to do, which was go to the cross and pay the penalty for your sin and my sin. He alone has the credentials for that. I am who I am, claiming to be God. Still ahead, the second half of today's Something Good radio message with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. If you've never visited our website, somethinggoodradio.org, I encourage you to stop by. There you'll find our streaming platform for the entire media ministry. You'll also find our digital library where you can search for biblical answers to your most challenging questions. Watch, listen, and download for free. That's somethinggoodradio.org. The nicest thing you can do for another human being is to tell them the truth about Jesus, even if it hurts their feelings. Now with the rest of today's Something Good Radio message, The Father's Big House. Here once again is Dr. Ron Jones. He alone has the credentials because he went to the cross and rose from the dead three days later. Nobody else did that. No other religious leader has. He alone has the credentials because the payment for the penalty of your sin and my sin required an unblemished lamb. You go back into the Old Testament, all the sacrificial system pointed to the shedding of blood for the atonement of sin, but it had to be a sinless, spotless, unblemished lamb. Jesus Christ, the sinless Son of God, was the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Nobody else has that credential. So he alone could say to Thomas, we don't know where you're going exactly, but we certainly don't know the way. How do we know the way? He told us the way. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man, no man comes to the Father but by me. I know it would make your heart feel better to say, well, you know, everybody kind of has their own way, but we all get there eventually. No. Because the Bible says this, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All means all. It means whether you're a mail clerk person or the CEO of a company or a business owner, we are all in the same sorry spiritual condition. We are unfit for heaven that requires the righteousness and holiness of God. You have any doubts about that? Just ask yourself honestly. How well are you doing with the Ten Commandments? And it's, it's, it's not a, it's a pass-fail kind of test. You fail in one, you failed in all. Okay, the diagnosis is all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It gets worse than that. The Bible goes on to say that the wages of sin is death. That means we're all under a death sentence. Capital punishment is the just 
judgment that comes against unrighteous sinners. So what did God do with that? Well, he loves us so much. He said, son, I want you to go there and give your life on a cross. The sinless, spotless lamb of God shedding his blood for the remission of our sins. And he did that. Nobody else had the credential to pay that that penalty. He took our death sentence. He paid the capital punishment so that we wouldn't have to. And so that he could offer the free gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so that he could promise heaven and encourage us uh, with all that he said to his disciples there in the upper room. So my question for you again is simply this. Do you have your wedding invitation? Have you placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ? Oh, you can spin around your axis all you want about the different religions of the world. Consider Jesus. Do your own investigative research, okay? And, and people have, have, all, have asked all kinds of questions about this Jesus and the claims that he made. And it all comes back to he's exactly who he said he was and he has the credentials to make the claims uniquely. And it's why the early church said there is no other name under heaven by which we must be saved than Jesus Christ. I've long since uh, given up the debate about other ways. I'm just glad that God provided a way, even through Jesus, uh, to get to heaven. And uh, I have my wedding invitation through faith in Jesus Christ. I hope you do too. And between now and the time that we get to go, I wanna bring as many people along to heaven as I can by introducing them to faith in Jesus Christ. Why? Because the Father has a big, big house with lots and lots of rooms. I take that to mean in part, no bunk beds in the room, right? Lots and lots of room, plenty of space for lots of people. Even though Jesus said, the way is narrow to eternal life and few will find it. But the way to eternal destruction is wide, he says, and many will go that direction. Hear the words of Jesus who says, listen, here's the invitation. Come to me. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. But if you come, my Father has a big, big house. And I'd like to start a construction project for your room, your many rooms, your mansion in the sky, whatever you want to call it. He wants to start that construction project today, but for some, he's waiting on you to answer the invitation, that wedding invitation that starts at the cross of Jesus Christ, where you come humbly before him and admit that you're a sinner who needs a savior, and a savior that is uniquely qualified, named Jesus Christ. Would you put your faith and trust in him today? And if you do, you can walk out of here or surf to the next channel confident that the Father's big house is your eternal home. Even if uh, 12 or 24 hours from now, you find yourself transitioning from this life to the next life. Thanks so much for being here for today's Something Good radio message, The Father's Big House. 
Dr. Ron Jones joins me now. And Ron, a few moments ago, you were talking about the problem of sin. And you said that even if we only sinned once, just one time, we violated the entire law and therefore cannot make it to heaven on our own good works. But it goes deeper than even that, doesn't it? In terms of the doctrine of sin, Brian, you're absolutely right. The problem began long before we were born. It's what we call original sin, that sin which contaminates every child who has ever been born other than Jesus himself, which means that we are not sinners uh, because we sin. No, we, we sin because we are sinners. Uh, sinners at the moment of conception, Brian. So that uh, even should we die in the womb or die in infancy, we would still need Jesus to die on our behalf in order to gain entrance into heaven. So we do not violate the whole law when we commit our first sin. Uh, we were violators of the whole law already. It's almost like the good news is even better than we thought. Yes. Um, yes, it is, Brian. Our, our problem sometimes is that we don't like being told that there's something we can't do. It offends our sensibilities. But the truth is, even if we were born with a clean slate, even if we entered the world with a chance to perform flawlessly and therefore enter heaven due to our own perfect behavior, uh, we would fail. We proved that in the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve were sinless, uh, and they had one rule, just one, and they broke it. And just to be clear, we would have broken it too, every one of us. So when it comes to the law, there's no way we can live up to it perfectly as a means of being right with God. But Brian, to your point, I prefer to look at it not as something we can't do, but as something we don't have to do. The good news of the gospel really is better than we could have possibly imagined. So good, in fact, that the Bible says it sounds like foolishness to those who are perishing. And it does. I, I mean, it really sounds too good to be true. But I've got to tell you, Brian, I, I choose to be thankful that God doesn't demand perfection as a prerequisite for entrance into heaven. I find great joy that God does way better than just grade on a curve. Uh, he grades on the cross. And because of the man on the middle cross, uh, I'm talking about Jesus Christ our Lord, we gain entrance into heaven through belief in his perfect work not through reliance on our own. And that salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, and in Jesus Christ alone is available to anyone who asks for it by faith. Yes, Jesus is the only way to get to God the Father. But the beautiful truth is everyone is invited and no one is ineligible. That's Dr. Ron Jones with some final thoughts on the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Ron has a preview of tomorrow's message coming up next. But first, I want to remind you that for your gift today, we'd like you to have a copy of Dr. Ron Jones' book, Mysteries of the Afterlife, Exploring Its Amazing Secrets. That's Mysteries of the Afterlife, a book from Dr. Ron Jones that goes hand in hand with the series you're hearing now. And it's our thank you gift to you by request when you make a donation to Something Good Radio. Give online at somethinggoodradio.org or over the phone by calling our offices at 757-276-1099 or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. Now, Ron, before we sign off, tell us where you're headed next time as you continue your series, Heaven, the Father's House, and My Eternal Home. 
Brian, in Revelation chapter 21, the Apostle John writes a stunning description of heaven. Actually, he speaks of a new heaven and a new earth. Now, he was writing this based on a vision he received from Jesus himself. And Brian, I've got to tell you, anyone who reads Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 5, if you read that and and you aren't excited about what heaven is going to be like, then I don't think anything could excite you at all. It's absolutely stunning what we find there in those five verses. And next time I'm going to explore this vision of John's and uh, talk a little bit about what this new heaven and this new earth will be like, even as I continue my series titled Heaven, The Father's Big House and My Eternal Home. The message is called Heaven and the New Jerusalem, and it comes your way tomorrow. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis. Thanks for listening.